Good day and welcome to the Frontline Chatter Podcast. My name is Jarian Gibson with co-host Andrew Morgan. And today we have Patrick uh, Rouse um, from Dell. Uh, I'm the product manager of V Workspace. Uh, you know, been in the Marine Corps, former CTP, former MVP. So we'd like to welcome Patrick to the podcast. Um, before we get started, how's things going today with you, Andy? All is well, Jerry, all is well. Um, we are a couple of days away from Citrix Synergy, and my excitement is brimming over. I'm trying to hide that excitement in front of my wife, obviously, because I'm about to jet off to Orlando for six days, and she's being left with the children. But aside from that, all is well, buddy. Oh, I can understand that, too, because, you know, I'm going to Synergy and then come home for a night and then go to London for Bryform London. So I'll be pretty much absent for almost two weeks here, and my wife is not looking forward to that, especially with having a, a one-year-old and a three-year-old at home. So... It's, best it's, of luck to you. Best of luck to you too. <laughs> yeah, she'll be getting a nice gift. So the the nice thing is, is that um, Synergy has always fallen on our anniversary time, and so I've never been home for an anniversary. So she's, she's either come with me. We've gone done something early, and so this year for the first time, I'm home for my anniversary. So I got good points for that. I think I've got to get points as well. We're only three minutes in, and I already have dra- dra- or I've dragged this podcast way off topic. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, Patrick, thank you so much for having us with, with us today. Um, as Jerry pointed out, you are you have a speckled past from Marine Corps to CTP to MVP to to Quest to Wise to Dell. Um, so tell us a bit about yourself, Patrick. Where did you come from, and what, how did you get to where you are today? Uh, a lot of luck. Um, as you mentioned, I started out my professional career in the U.S. Marine Corps. That's where I got my, um, uh, I guess that's where I got my legs underneath me with, uh, with technology. Uh, that's the first time anybody put me in front of a computer other than in like grade school. Um, and uh, um, after leaving the Marine Corps, I, I went back to school. And uh, it, it that was like when the dot com boom happened in like the you know let's say 95 96 time frame and and as I was studying uh, electrical engineering I started seeing all these things going on around the world and I said you know geez if it worked for Bill Gates and so I uh, picked up my picked up my things and moved away from school and moved to California and started working as a uh, professional IT person with about as, as as much knowledge about IT as you could fit into a thimble. And uh, from there, I just you know started picking up picking up knowledge. Actually, it was uh, you know very shortly after I started working in working in IT that I um, um, heard about Citrix for the first time. So that was uh, my 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 first uh, foray into that, and that was in I want to say 1997 or 98, something like that. So you know I wasn't around at the very beginnings of the server-based computing stuff, but um, you know that was. Well, that was where I first heard about that, and you know, ever since then, I was—I um, don't want to say in love with server-based computing, but it—it it was something, you know, it was a really revolutionary way to, you know, provide access to, you know, these client server-based applications to people that are somewhere on the planet and not sitting at a cube. Um, so, uh, you know, after I worked in uh, worked in a cubicle with all the other IT people in the world for a few years, I went out on my own and um, started working as an independent Citrix consultant. And, you know, it was Citrix and it was um, uh, terminal, plain old terminal services or POTS, you know, um, as well as every other um, third-party vendor that, you know, people want to do business with, and that would be, you know, the likes of, like, AppSense and RES and uh, Aircom, and then I stumbled across this uh, um, little company out of uh, Reston, Virginia called uh, Provision Networks, and um, started using some of their tools, and they uh, 
um, you know, made some really uh, really nice add-ons to the Citrix stuff that my um, my customers were buying. And you know, to to be clear, I never sold Citrix in my life. I was always the guy that the people came to and and asked for help uh, deploying or fixing their environments because I had written I mean, I'd written a ton of a uh, ton of blog articles about uh, you know how to do things or how to set up Citrix, how to tune it, troubleshoot it, all that kind of stuff. So I got uh, you know I got a lot of um, you know cold calls. Uh, and that's pretty much how I got, you know, how I got my customers. I would uh, uh, write a blog article, and then the phone calls would come in. And um, um, after doing that for for several years and working with the guys from Provision Networks, that and we can get into that when we get into the history of the VWorkspace product. Um, um, that's kind of how I transitioned out of being an independent consultant and then and then landing with Quest. Um, so uh, and, and I think uh, most people on the planet know that you know Quest Software got acquired by by Dell uh, looks like about two and a half years ago. So so and and then and then here I am. Awesome. Um, you touched on a on a really interesting point there, and it's something that I've always wondered. I mean, people. Server-based computing, there's a, there's a passion and and there's a certain person that, that that loves to do it. I mean, once you've done it once, it, it, it's it's revolutionary. You know, I mean, it, it's very difficult to do. And you know, back in those days, it was particularly difficult to do. Patrick, if I'm brutally honest, because you know the tools didn't exist. You had to bolt on these additional add-ons. I, I I always wondered why did why this technology, you know, when it was kind of sacrificing on user experience, existed and had such a massive following. But I think, as you mentioned, there, like once you've used it and done it right the first time, there's no really moving away from it, is there? Yeah, well, you know, it, it really, if, if go back to when I started with it, and and you guys were probably around at the same time, but, you know, there it, it was like magic. You know, I had some, let's say, client-server application, and the first time I ever saw it, it was a, um, it was a doctor that, you know, I was working for a big insurance company in, in North America, and there was a doctor that worked from home, and he needed access to a, a, a big uh, Microsoft Access database that, you know, that, that we had internally. And I knew that, you know, just based on the way the database was, that if this guy opens it from home, it's going to take five, ten minutes before he is actually able to use the app. And they said, oh, no, use a Citrix and click, click, and it, voila, it just worked. And I was like, it's magic. <laughs> you know, how did that stuff work? So that's where the, you know, the wheel started turning in my head, and I started asking a, a ton, a ton of questions on uh, Microsoft had these, uh, um, they weren't bulletin boards at the time, but it was like the early, um, of the early uh, uh, TechNet forums, and I started asking a lot of really, really dumb questions that you know are really dumb if I go back and read them now. But um, that's kind of how I um, how I learned about things. So I wasn't actually responsible for the the Citrix in the environment I was working. At. I just wanted to know how it worked. So I you know spent you know lots of uh, lots of my own free time just figuring out how this stuff worked until I actually started playing with it. So. Yeah, I had a similar experience as well, just starting out, you know, back in 2000. So I didn't actually have to deal with NT4.0. I cut my teeth on MetaFrame 1.8 and Windows 2000, but, you know, kind of a similar use case. You had people that were remote. You had these types of databases and, you know, people, you know, instead of trying to access over VPN or, or dial up or whatever access they had, you know, that was the solution and kind of the same thing. You know, once you do that first install, it's like, how does this work? This is magic. It, it's solving all my problems. You know, let's keep going and help more people out with this stuff. So yeah, good background on on how you started. Yeah, you know, we spent so many uh, probably. It's really interesting, actually. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
I was just going to say, it's really interesting because, I mean, you, I actually started my career in Dell, <laughs> believe it or not. I, I started off as, as a server and desktop support um, in Dell, Ireland, and that's where I first saw Metaframe. Um, and I remember saying to my boss, uh, this is never going to take off. This, 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 nah, this is never going to take off. And here I am, and every time I see him, he reminds me of that statement. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's a weird crossover. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no problems at all. It, it was, you know, it was one of those things. I had no idea when I when I first ran across the stuff that this was something that a lot of companies were doing. You know, I originally, you know, I, you know, there was the internet was not the way that it is today, where you could just go Google or Bing, you know, whatever, uh, you know, whatever it is you want to find out. It was, you know, it was barely past the days where if you wanted to, you know, update from Microsoft, you had to call and they send you a new floppy disk. So, um, you know, it was, <laughs> it's not the way that it is today. So. Uh, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely a lot uh, easier to access to information and updates and, and so forth today. So for those of you just starting out, you know, you, you have it a lot easier than those of us that started in the late 90s, early 2000s trying to get access to things, <laughs> you know, and even the resources available, too. So, um, you know, keep it keeping things rolling. So, you know, for those not familiar with, with VWorkspace, um, you know, kind of give us a, a high overview, however, overview of the VWorkspace offering um, and what you guys are seeing out, out there um, in the field. Okay, so you know, I, I guess first thing, if you want to start with maybe a little, a uh, little background of where the product came from, do we want to do that, and then I'll just give you a, you know, like yeah. where we are today. Let's start with the history, because some people might know, you know, before Quest or Dell, you know, where you guys started and how the workspace came to be. Sure. Yeah. So I, I mentioned a few minutes ago that I, I stumbled across this little, uh, little company called Provision Networks back in the, uh, back in the late '90s, and uh, or no, sorry, <laughs> wow. Back in the late 2000s, uh, I'm trying to think of how. Yeah, it's when you get your times crossed. Yeah, it was a uh, late 2000s. Yeah, it was like uh, 2006ish, and um, you know they were making these. Um, I guess you could say like bolt-on tools for for uh, presentation server. Or actually, it was for MetaFrame at the time. Things like uh, Universal Printer, Profile Management, um, and then some um, you know good you know basically some tools to make. To make applications work and to make uh, management simpler, um, and then I, I think they just uh, over the years of um, you know working with Citrix customers amassed enough IP that they put together a um, a small um, you know product that included a, a web interface, it included a you know desktop client for Windows, and it included load balancing for terminal services. So you basically had a you know I guess you could say a poor man's way to you know to uh, to run Windows applications over the WAN and can access them securely, you know, kind of like you know, kind of like Citrix did. Um, um, but uh, I got a phone, you know, I got a phone call from the um, uh, from the CEO of Provision Networks back, uh, you know, in late 2007 when I was about to, you know, pack my bags and go and do a, um, a consulting engagement with uh, um, with with Logan Consultants and. Um, you know, they said, "Hey, you know, we're about to be acquired by, uh, you know, a, a big software company next week, and uh, would you be interested in coming to work for us?" And I was like, "Yeah, well, not really. I kind of like working for myself." And you know, <laughs> after it hap after it happened, they got bought by Quest Software, and they called me again, and I said, well, "Who's Quest Software?" I had I had no idea who Quest was. Um, but then they they mentioned a couple of products, like uh, there was one V Ranger at the time, which was a you know a backup tool for. Um, you know, for for ESX, I said all right, that's what I'm familiar with, and they had some uh, migration tools for um, 
um, for exchange that I had seen out in the field before. I said, okay, I know who this company is, and I, I said, you know, what's what's the worst thing that could happen? I can always just go back to my my existing life if I don't like this in 90 days. So I rolled the dice and went and joined Quest, and we basically took this little tiny product that was built by a company of like 20 people and started building it into uh, you know an offering from a uh, a company of you know let's say over 3,000 people. And um, that was a uh, um, you know uh, quite a bit of quite a bit of struggle because you know Quest Software is used to selling tools um, that you know customer has a problem here's the tool to fix it thank you for your money and we go on our merry way and and here comes along this um, um, server based computing thing at the time was before we even called it uh, desktop virtualization and um, and now we've got this big solution sale that uh, the company just wasn't used to so we we you know took our lumps inside of Quest but uh, um, you know, managed to survive as a product and and get a lot of uh, a lot of very happy customers. Something we really pride ourselves on is having a really uh, you know high customer satisfaction rating and just you know incrementally improving the product and um, you know you know come along to you know uh, um, 2012 when we got a, acquired by Dell. Um, there were a lot of questions going around the world. You know what you know what is Dell going to do with this uh, B Workspace product? Uh, um, you know, because they, they sell Citrix and VMware, and now all of a sudden they've got this, you know, competitive technology. So there was a there was a lot of healthy discussion going around if if Dell was going to kill the product or not, and they kind of just left us alone inside of the you know Dell Software Group, which is now what they call the uh, you know the Quest Software area. And um, after about uh, I think it was around a year or 18 months of uh, sitting left alone inside of Quest. Um, you know the the executives inside of Dell said, "Hey, you know, let's move this over into the Wise uh, business unit that we call Cloud Client Computing, but the the people that make all the thin clients and then and then some other software that we make, but uh, basically the thin client people. Let's move it over into that business unit because that's where it makes the most sense, and and that's where we are today. And and we've been um, you know um, integrating ourselves completely in, into that business for the for the past." Um, a uh, little, you know, I guess about 12 months. So, uh, long story short, what what is V Workspace? Um, v Workspace really is uh, it's a way to securely access, you know, your applicate your Windows or Linux applications and data from anywhere using any kind of device. And I know that sounds kind of, um, you know, several companies that do that today. Um, we provide support for both cloud and client-hosted desktop virtualization and and you know, basically what that is is basically we're providing access to hosted virtual desktops, uh, already session host based or or shared sessions or or applications, and then also we do OS streaming down to diskless PCs. So that's where the the client hosted desktop virtualization comes. Uh, we then sprinkle in a little bit of what we call Windows Image Management, which basically is our terminology for uh, for application layering, um, and then we wrap all of that into um, an end-to-end solution from Dell, which includes thin clients, data center hardware, appliances, uh, thin clients, uh, services, support, you know, the, basically the whole end-to-end thing that's all certified by Dell. Um, and, and it comes with a really, um, uh, a really, you know, simple to use management interface. You know, so we really focus around simplicity, you know, high performance and, um, and flexibility. But in a nutshell, that's what, what vWorkspace is. Yeah, it, it's a uh, it's a very very solid offering, and I, I've looked at it um, and kept an eye on it over over the years and stuff. And actually, have come into uh, projects, you know, me, me being on the Citrix side, and you know, uh, customers looking at VWorkspace, looking at uh, VMware, looking at um, 
Citrix, you, you guys been over the years, the most comparable product suite to Citrix. Um, and it's good to see that, you know, with you guys being a part of Dell now that you have that end to end stack with, with, uh, with Dell. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a really, it's been a, a really good fit at Dell. Um, it didn't start that way. It started in a kind of, um, you know, scary waters, but, uh, you know, for the past year it's been, it's been really, really good. And we've been, uh, we've been growing, uh, uh growing healthily over the past year. So that's, that's a very good thing. So yeah, I mean, I just wanted to compliment you on on your offering. I mean, I would have been uh, I knew Quest as a, an exchange migration tool. It was a fantastic exchange migration tool that saved my bacon on a couple of projects. But that that's kind of what I knew Quest for prior to. Um, of course, there was there was Foglight and uh, oh no, it wasn't Foglight back then. It was called something else. But uh, anyway, look, you, you get it. Uh, I, I I never knew of Wolfie Workspace up until a year or two ago. Then of course Daniel Bolton from um, from one of the, the UK uh, universities started talking about it with, with, with great pleasure and great passion. And I kind of said, I really must give have have a look at this and see what they're they're doing. So with the with the wise transition and with the um, with Daniel's recommendation, I, I kind of took um, the the product under the under the knife before Christmas because I kind of didn't really have much else to do on my contracts, and mm -hmm. I, I was amazed. I absolutely, I was absolutely amazed. I mean, um, the you know the the thin client offering, the the image management you mentioned, the the the, the web interface style connectivity, the um the you know you've got a little bit of UEM in there in the sense that you're you're doing network drives, you're doing registry, you're doing all that kind of stuff. You're you're standardizing images. You've got a massive hypervisor support. So yeah, I just wanted to say kudos. It's actually a really cool product. And I, I said that on Nutanix um on a Nutanix podcast recently that I am a, I'm definitely a closet fan of uh, of V Workspace because it's it, it it's so simple. You know. And and it's it's really really feature rich as well. And I, I second what Andy, what Andy said too as well. So you got two of us as as, uh, as closet fans. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, that, that honestly is a really big focus of us is is on simplicity. You know, we know that there are you know there are lots of different tools that people can use and 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 band aid together to make you know desktop virtualization work. But you know uh, you know as part of Dell, we really just want to make something that somebody can just uh, you know plug it in and go. And leave all the complexity behind. So that's that's really what we want to make reality. Um, and uh, you know, I, I, I think we made a little bit of headway this week with the announcement we had at Ignite. You know, where we announced uh, um, or we, yeah, I guess we could say we announced it. We didn't launch it. We announced uh, you know a a V Workspace appliance uh, that that Dell will be shipping that has V Workspace uh, preloaded on it. So uh, that that will be our first like stepping stone into the waters of making it possible for a customer to just you know plug in a box and then you know let's say within an hour or two be up and running. Oh yeah, and that's fantastic. And you know, one thing that that really irks me about the other vendors in this market, like Citrix and VMware, is you know they they spend so much time focusing on the user experience. They spend so much time focusing on getting the getting the nuts and bolts ready, but then they for some reason partner off the actual end user experience for thin clients to, to, to other um, vendors. And not, not in wise cases, because I'm very fond of the of the wise thin clients in general, both from the um, from the zero clients all the way up. But if you look at the other thin client vendors, they, they generally don't seem to get it. I mean most of the other thin client competitors are still using program neighborhood agent on web interface for connectivity. It's the 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 the, the level of innovation in that market is Stagnant. So, what I really love about the V Workspace thing is you guys are owning the entire solution all the way up. You are you are tailoring it to work for yourselves. You're tailoring it so that it is exactly how you want it to be, and you're you're pushing it on from that point onwards. And that that's the piece that really annoys me about the other vendors, and what uh, the piece I really like about your solution. 
Well, hopefully, you know, I, I think when we get into uh, into the beta that we just uh, just announced yesterday, we can get into what we're doing to make that make that even better and even easier. So, but uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. So, you know, you know, speaking of, of Andy looking at this and, you know, 8.5 was, was kind of a big release. I, I know some large Citrix shops that really took notice of 8.5, especially with the, the Y streaming manager integration and some of the things that you guys did in 8.5. So, um, you know, what's next for VWorkspace, you know, in this upcoming year? And can you also talk about um, Kelly Craig, you know, yesterday on, on Twitter announced that you guys have uh, 8.6 beta coming up, which I signed up for. So I look forward to testing that. So you kind of can you kind of talk about those new features um, coming up within the beta and, and going forward? Yeah, so the, the, the biggest, the honestly, the biggest chunk of work that we're doing right now is to make the product, I guess you could say, saleable in the rest of the world. You know, it, because it was originally built by a, you know, little, little tiny company in Reston, Virginia, you know, we've been getting asked for years and years, um, you know, can we... You know, can we make the make the product support double byte? You know, so it can be used in China and Japan and all these places. So that's something that we've done in this release is that we've uh, you know internationalized the product so the back end is all you know uh, Unicode compliant, and then we're starting to make our um, our connectors, which is uh, you know our end user software that connects you to uh, to an application, uh, localizing those for the different languages so that somebody can connect. Um, you know, somebody who's sitting in um, 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 sitting in China can actually use a, a piece of software that's uh, that's written in, that is you know the the front end interface of it is in Chinese instead of expecting them to know um, uh, know how to uh, how to read English. So um, providing internationalization and localization of the product is a really healthy amount of the work that we've been doing. Um, and you know and for somebody who's sitting in North America that doesn't mean a hill of beans. But you know for you know we really wanted to make it so that we could sell our product in the three quarters of the world that were really were. Um, not having the highest penetration right now. Um, from the actual, um, you know, features and function stuff, um, taking the um, application layering functionality that we received when we um, when we brought uh, Y Streaming Manager into our product set um, and starting to integrate that into B Workspace, so we're um, um, making it so that the departmental installed application layering that we have in the WSM product today um, that you'll now be able to use that for hosted virtual desktops in vWorkspace so that that's net new and that, that, and that basically makes it so that you can um, really easily um, provide a whole set of applications to somebody without having to install them in their virtual desktop without having to stream them in user logs on and magically you've got a whole set of applications available and you want to patch that you can patch that set of applications and the next time the user logs on they're magically updated uh, so that that's a you know really nice um, I guess you could say image management feature that we that we brought from uh, one you know piece of intellectual property that we brought over from one of our other products and are now bringing that into the workspace um, we're also adding um, uh, user profile layering, so this is another uh, piece of layering technology that we will introduce into our uh, OS streaming. Um, so this will basically make it so that you know when a user saves anything in their user directory, so their user profile, their my documents, so all that stuff gets stored in in a layer and 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 you know basically separated from the operating system. And I know that most of your listeners probably know what layering is, but so we're introducing that um, to our uh, client-hosted desktop virtualization uh, component of the workspace, which is the OS streaming. And then over time, we will take this all these layering functionality and make it work across the whole product. But we're you know taking incremental steps because um, there are only so many things that you can test at any given time. Um, other things we've done is we've made it so that you can, or we will make it so that you can um, uh, directly provision uh, full um, full virtual desktops on Hyper-V. 
uh, as well as across the um, failover, uh, failover cluster of Hyper-V hosts. Um, we've been doing that um, with non-persistent desktops for, I think, three or four releases uh, using technology that internally we call uh, hypercache and hyperdeploy. Um, but this will be the first release where we're allowing customers to uh, provision full clone uh, virtual desktops uh, without any third-party uh, management tools. So if you've got um, Hyper-V servers, uh, whether they're standalone or in a failover cluster, you'll be able to uh, provision uh, differencing disks or, dy or dynamically expanding uh, virtual hard disks across those using just vWorkspace. So that, that's a really, um, um, really simplifies um, the use of, of vWorkspace because you don't have to interact with anything else to do it um, and, uh, and lowers the cost of solution for customers. Um, from an um, end-user perspective, we're launching our first connector for, uh, for Google Chrome. Um, today, if somebody wants to run Windows applications from, uh, from Google Chrome with vWorkspace, they can use HTML5. And feedback that we get from, from our customers is that HTML5 works really, really great. I use it a lot. Um, but we know that um, Google customers want their apps to look and feel a certain way. Um, so we're providing our first native Google Chrome application for vWorkspace so that, you know, they can go into the Chrome Web Store and get the, get the vWorkspace application and then um, basically launch the applications and not be pinned into the, into the Chrome browser. Um, so this will be our, our first entry point in, into providing a, uh, a better uh, user experience and, better, and more ease of use for, for Google um, for Google customers. Um, the other area, which is a, just a, a, a gigantic change for us on the connector front, is um, radically simplifying the user interface for our connectors. Uh, we took a lot of lumps on the way that our um, end user software connectors um, look and feel today. Um, and if you guys have played with it in, in the vWorkspace connectors in, in version 8.5, there's a lot of stuff that at, at a glance is very um, IT centric, um, much like if you go into the um, um, the remote desktop client, you know, that, that ships on Windows, there's a lot of stuff in there that a normal end user would never know how to configure. Um, so we sat down and took a really, uh, took about two months of just looking at it and saying, hey, is, is there anything in this user interface that, um, that an end user would not understand and basically stripped all of that stuff out and made it so that you know we our goal was to make it so that our our connectors could be used by you know by your mom uh, and not have to um, not have her have to call you and, and ask you how to use it. So um, so that's something that's gotten a lot of really good feedback and we're really looking forward to getting feedback from that from our from our beta program. Um, we've also provided uh, or will be providing. <laughs> So you can tell I'm a product manager because I say that the things are done before we even ship them. But, um, <laughs> that never happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, well, we'll be providing um, um, some new functionality in our in our Windows connector that will allow um, allow end users to drag and drop um, 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 files and objects from their local desktop into into remote applications. So let's say that you're working in a um, in a hosted application and that application has a certain workflow in it, you could drag, let's say, pictures from your local PC and drag them into that application and when you drop it, it the, the application responds the way it normally would. Um, and to me, that was, a, I just assumed that stuff worked. Uh, customer asked for it and I said, doesn't that work today? And they said, no, I've been trying it with everything I get my hands on and it, and it doesn't work. So that's a challenge we took in and, and um, 
it, it's actually it's it's really really cool and it, and it solves a really big business problem. So that's a kind of stuff we like to like to work on. Yeah, so, I've um, been, the, uh, I have been asking for that for years. Yes. Kudos. Uh, everybody has been asking for this. Nobody has done it. I nearly passed out with excitement when you, when you mentioned it. <laughs> it's the simplest little thing, but it's what users want to do. And in every project, some where we have published apps, some user goes, I can't drag and drop. And they go, well, yeah, sorry well, about that. Yeah, I mean, from, from, from basically the phone call I got is, you know, I've got, a, um, I've got an insurance agency that wants to... Uh, wants to drag pictures from their PC into their um, insurance application uh, because today what we ask them to do is they have to browse the file system on their local PC, get to the right folder, find the files, copy them up to the um, session host of the remote application, then go inside of that application and grab them. And it's it's a nightmare. Yes. And they said if you can make it so they can just drag and drop them in there, you know, we will sell a ton. I said, hey, um, I went and talked to my guys and they said, yeah, we can do it. It's, you know, this much work. and um, but yeah, it's it, it's one of those uh, gee whiz things that I just assumed always worked and never never really tried. But um, you know, it's it's it, it's a very nice thing to have. And yeah. by, by by far, it's not the you know the biggest thing that we've done in this release. But um, it's I think from a user usability perspective, it's a it's one of those you know really nice to have things. Yeah, from a user experience side, that is huge because that comes up almost on every single project. Matter of fact, that came up this week um, for for the customer. I was like, there's not there today, so. You know, you guys are going to be the first ones out there doing that, and that, that, that's a huge user experience um, bonus right there. Well, yeah, really, it's, it's good to have the uh, good to have that stuff validated by by analysts. So I appreciate that. Yeah, the other thing I wanted to put, touch on, which is which is a bugbear of mine, which uh, with the other vendors, is default provisioning. The fact that you can actually spin out copies without having to use anything else. Every other vendor seems to want to do spin-off kind of shadow clones with, with differencing disks and everything else. And no matter how much we ask, their you know persistence is getting bigger and bigger because hardware can support it. Um, the ability to take a clone or a, a, a VM and create a full clone with a management product and assign it to a user is not to be under underestimated because doing it manually is a pain in the backside. So yes, that, that workflow is huge right there also. Yeah, you know, you know, because there are there are so many ways that you can dedupe the image today. That you know, the the size difference between a, a differencing disk or a linked clone and a and a full clone, the size difference can be marginal at best. Um, so it, it it really was, you know, we just kept get, kept getting asked for it. Hey, is there a way that I can do this without having to jump through these other hoops? Um, and we had a really um, really good reason to do it and that's for our appliance you know we wanted to be able to to do this on our um you know on our v workspace appliance and not have to load other tools on the box um so um you know later this year that should become a come a reality for customers so yeah back to, to your appliance too um is that going to be only on dell hardware are you going to partner um or use any of the pieces that um nutanix and dell have for that for their appliance and then I saw some things about scale too as well, and that's going to be a cap at like a 350 user amount, I think I saw. Yeah, so you think of it this way: so the the um, the stuff that we have with with Nutanix, you know, that's um, our um, uh, uh, Dell XC. Um, that that really is like the I want to scale into thousands of desktops, and I want the uh, I want the cost uh, and the scalability to be predictable, um, and I'm you know, and I'm willing to pay for it. So you know, they basically want things you just rack it and stack it and plug it in, and I want it, and I want it to go. And this is for really we're looking at you know the the bigger customers that um um that they, they just want to be able to say, all right, I want to put in 500, then 1,000, then 2,000, then 5,000. 
to be able to map out how much it costs and not to have to do a lot of a uh, lot of uh, uh, crazy math. Um, what this is for this is really for uh, customers that want to do a pilot, uh, or for customers that um, that ha are a small business. You know, say if you're a small business and you um, you only have 200 employees, you don't you know you're not going to go and you know buy something that's that's that expensive. Um, so we really we wanted something that was you know pilot sized. That a customer could get their feet wet with desktop virtualization uh, without breaking the bank, and then as they grow, they can go and either add um, either add um, the appliances that have Nutanix on them, or use our uh, you know um, off-the-shelf reference architecture, uh, or however else that they want to scale. But you know we've got two prescribed ways to do that. Um, but then you know, like I said, for small businesses that only have you know 75, 100, 150 users, you know they can just plug in this one box and go. Um, but it definitely is not the um, you know plug in this one box and then go plug in another box just like it. That's that's not what this is for. Okay, so that makes sense then. Thanks for thanks for clarifying that for me. Um, and then back to like you know you guys are kind of the early adopters of the drag and drop, the early adopters of the full clones. You guys have also been the early adopters of Linux virtual desktops. Um, you know just now you you see Citrix and, and VMware both having betas, but you guys have been doing it for years. And you know I've had projects in the past where customers like, well, we want Linux. So it's like, well, either going to do, you know, different solutions or, you know, the workspace already has it. So can you kind of talk about what you guys have seen on the Linux side and the adoption and uptake of it? Yeah, I would say that the the adoption hasn't been huge. Uh, there's been a lot of, you know, I, I think it's one of those things, you know, like anything new that comes out, people say that they, they have to have it, but you don't see a lot of people doing it. You know, we've got you know customers here and there that use it, but I would say the the market has really been around um, two things. One would be customers that are primarily Windows shops that have a handful of uh, Linux applications that you know let's say developers or you know certain people need access to, and they want to do that with their existing uh, Windows infrastructure, with their existing uh, Windows management tools, their existing uh, desktop virtualization tools. And then there's like a completely other type of customer, which is the, um, um, let's say, high-end graphics. You know, like like people. Like, I, I'm just gonna throw out a company. I have no idea if they're. Let's say like a like a Sony or somebody like that that's making pictures, uh, making motion pictures and stuff like that. Um, we're focused on the on the the first one. You know, the people that primarily are are um, using our window shops and need access to Linux, um, and and not so much on the other one. Nice. So th there's some some validation from the market right there, and you know th those are some of the things too. I've mostly seen has been developers or some some high-end graphics, and you know speaking of, of graphics too as well, you know that kind of leads into our our next discussion uh, as part of this is you know the the GPU topic. You know you guys supported the remote effects. Um, have you seen you know what's been your um, your adoption of that, and then also with uh, vSphere 6 having the GPU support, um, is that something you guys are looking to support as well? Yeah. So. Um... Real, really interesting. There's a lot of people that use uh, VGP. So it's interesting that you know people use this term for for different things. But you know, remote effects uh, with soft soft GPU, and then remote effects with uh, you know with an actual GPU in the box. Um, so I, I know a lot of people love remote effects with soft GPU. So it's you know basically host rendered and and no GPU in the box, and that works really well. Um, we do have people that have um, bought a lot of the you know, um, AMD or NVIDIA cards that put those inside of their Hyper-V servers and get um, you know get you know better performance and uh, and offload some of the the graphic processing. You know because even 
and things like, you know, uh, Office 2013, you know, um, benefits from things like that. Um, so we, we have seen a, a healthy uptake. I, I still wouldn't say that it's the default. I think most people go without a GPU today, um, but then for certain uh, user workloads, we'll add a GPU. So let's say they got 20 servers, and then they would have, you know, maybe three or four servers that have a GPU in the box, and then we would just broker them to broker the specific users that need it to those boxes. Um, the question about uh, vGPU on 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 VMware, um, this is one that where the field is telling us that it works, but it's something with vWorkspace that we've never validated. Um, so this is one of the ones that I mentioned to you before this call that uh, I don't know a lot about it. I know the field is telling me that it works, but um, I don't like to tell people that it's supported unless it's something we've actually tested. Um, so that's something that I'm going to have to take back to uh, take back to our team and have it actually validated because. Uh, um, Saying some saying something works and saying something is supported is two different things. So I think today we know that it works, um, but to support it, we need to have actually tested it ourselves and not put that on our customers. Yeah, so something you guys are looking to still. To I think what we need validate. to do is. Uh, I was just going to say I think what we need to do is we need to set Thomas Poppelgard on him, and he will make it so um, incessantly, repeatedly until GPU is fully supported. <laughs> <laughs> and, and speaking, of, you know, you know that too as well. You guys also do some stuff with uh, with parallels also. Um, I saw some on the hosting provider side. Um. Yeah, so it's interesting. We do two different things with, and, and parallels means different things to different people. Some people say parallels isn't that that stuff that I've installed on my Mac to run Windows. Um, so, and, and Parallels also, you know, just recently bought a, a, a little company called 2x. Um, so we're actually dealing with the other side of the business that's, that is now uh, known as Odin. Um, so they, they've made that change to their name, uh, I believe, a month or two ago. And basically what Parallels, uh, otherwise known as Odin, does is they make a, a product called uh, Virtuoso, which is um, uh, containers for Windows. Uh, and if you, you know, haven't um, played with that at all, you know, it, it's, it's not a hypervisor. It's basically a, a virtualization layer that runs on top of Windows Server that gives, gives everybody their own... Um, their own, you know, Windows container. It's, you know, it's it's similar to Session Host with a little more, um, uh, a little more separation. Um, so we we we've supported that for for many many years, and that's um, very popular with uh, with some service providers. Um, but the stuff that we just announced a little while ago is around um, Parallels APS, which is their application packaging standard. And basically, what that allows a uh, a large service provider to do is to um, Programmatically stand up vWorkspace uh, using a um, using a package that that we created with Parallels. Um, so there are um, if you go to a hosting con if you go to a big hosting conference, there's a you know good um, good part of the market share that is standardized on on Parallels automation. Um, and then I think a lot of people probably don't know that. Um, so we basically made it made this package with Parallels so that their existing service provider um, channel can can stand up desktop or application as a service with vWorkspace in the way that they're used to doing things. So you, you, would you say that most of your, your hosting partners for vWorkspace are, are going that route with the automation using Parallels? Um, no, it's it's kind of a split. So Parallels is, Parallels automation is something that like the big, big service providers do. So like somebody who's providing services for a whole you know region of a country or a whole country or globally. Um, so we do we do that work with with parallels, and then there's the um, I guess you could say smaller regional service providers. Let's say you know somebody in the Midwest in 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 North America, or somebody in France, or somebody in Germany that's um, that's running a, a business for you know 
people in the region. Um, those people are typically using um, either the, the build your own model with vWorkspace on the back end or a, um, a turnkey offering that we have in Dell that we call that we call Cloud Runner, which is which basically is a you know part of an IT as a service offering that we have that provides them with you know uh, a storefront. It provides them with billing, provides them with uh, all of the automation to to set up the environment uh, so that somebody can just go and click and buy their applications. But it's not actually Dell uh, providing this from Dell. It's actually we're providing this to regional service providers so that they can go and stand up their own offering for their customers in their region. Um, so that's, I think that's something that probably not a lot of, not a lot of people know about, unless you're a service provider. But it's basically a white box offering. Yeah, that, that's good. that's good to know. I'm glad you kind of, you kind of uh, went went into that because I know you guys did some things, and I saw some of the, the post by us uh, by Stephen Hunt used to have back on some of the parallel stuff that I looked into a while back. So that's that's good information on how you guys work with with parallels on the container side, not on on the um the hosting side. Um, so you, you know, you guys support Hyper V, um, VMware. Parallels, um, but you guys do a lot of Hyper-V integration. Um, you know, from looking at your guys' stack, you know, a lot of your your main stuff that you guys do are Hyper-V specific um, features. So, you know, with just coming out of um, Ignite um, and some of the announcements, um, do any or any some of the new features, you know, excite you and stuff that's going to help um, even take the the V Workspace product line further? Yeah, so the things that excite me are the things that you know directly impact the customer, make it easier for a customer to roll things out. So the, I would say there are two things that that are really um, you know exciting to me. One would be the uh, shared nothing clustering or the ability to do uh, storage spaces across the local storage of uh, different Hyper-V servers. Uh, and I don't know what I don't know what the actual name for that is, but that that's the one that 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 I that I've been. And I'm looking forward to for for a long time, and was hoping that they would have it in the in in the first release and the second release of of storage spaces. So that that's the one that excites me the most because that really makes using local storage easy. Uh, and the second one uh, for you guys, I'm I'm sure is is really obvious, and that would be whatever they call you know RDP version, whatever if it's RDP 10, um, because it's you know it's claiming to support full support for OpenGL because that's been the big you know the big gap for people that want to use uh, RDP or remote effects is that if they have uh, you know a modern OpenGL application just doesn't work with with the current uh, current release of uh, let's say Windows 8.1 or Server 2012 R2 you know the RDP 8 just doesn't doesn't work with anything higher than OpenGL version 1.x so being able to support uh, to have broader support for for OpenGL applications that's huge. Yeah, and those are probably the, the two features as well. Um, storage Spaces Direct was was the was the big one where you could do the two models where you had the the scale out file cluster in your Hyper V servers separate, or you do the converged route where um, everything is all on the same box. So yeah, those are two of the big things as, as well for me also. So um, it, it's good to see Microsoft doing that, and that's only going to help you know the market further and kind of get away from the traditional storage uh, aspect of, of things. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, what I really like about VWorkspace's Hyper-V integration is I don't need to use System Center Virtual Machine Manager. And I cannot stress in any uncertain terms that that excites me, and I like that. <laughs> I don't like SCVMM at all, um, in any way, shape, or form. So, uh, <laughs> that makes two of us. It's clunky. It's, it has its, its own set of issues. It's, it's good to see people move away from that if they can. 
Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, it's interesting. So um, we have a lot of customers that that like System Center. I think the people that like System Center use it for maybe different things. They use it for managing all of their hosts. Um, you know, the, all, all the different kinds of things that you use System Center for would be like you know the you know across uh, your business standardization of of management and things like that. Um, but for what we're using it for, um, you know, we're we're really trying to fight trying to you know, make the shortest route to standing up desktop virtualization. Um, and, you know, we were doing most of the work. So uh, I, I don't think we ever want to make it so the customers can't use System Center. We just didn't want to make it so that it was a gating factor for them um, um, standing up a desktop virtualization environment that a, that a desktop person um, would have to know how to use uh, um, System Center Virtual Machine Manager because those are two completely different skill sets. Yep. I applaud you. I yep. applaud you, sir. Thank yes. you. Yeah. yeah, other vendors listening, please go that route because even when the licensing changed from 2008 R2 to 2012 and how they're doing the licensing now and just for smaller shops using Hyper-V and desktop virtualization, you know, that's the way to go. You know, kind of don't make that a requirement or a, a hurdle for their shops to go, have to get over. Um, yeah, I mean, virtualization. yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that we've been, you know, we've been working towards for many years is, you know, product is built. The workspace product is built for the desktop person. It's built for the desktop person, the desktop admin, and we've really tried to make it so that you know that person doesn't have to know how how ESX works, doesn't have to know how Hyper-V works. We've really tried to abstract that from them, um, and and like I said, I, we will continue to support System Center for the long haul. You know that I don't think that's going to change because lots of really big customers use it. And so when they want to use it, we want to make it possible. But for the smaller customers that just would not use those tools natively, don't know those tools, and you've got a customer with, you know, 50, 100, 150 employees, that's just not a tool that's in their skill set. So we didn't want to make that as a, you know, something that would prevent them from doing desktop virtualization. Uh, like I said, I'd love you guys, the fact that you guys do that. That's 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 awesome. That's That's actually big for a lot of small shops, so. It's, it's big for everybody. Nobody wants to use System Center. There, I said it. Uh, anyway, moving on. So, I mean, obviously, you guys are making the, the experience all about the desktop. You have thin clients. You have software for end-user computing. Like, you you have UEV. You have layering. You have streaming. The workspace suite is incredibly powerful. And it kind of leads me into the question that, you know, if you were to speak to any Citrix house or maybe even VMware house and they were to ask you, you know, uh, Dell and why, or you'd ask them Dell and why, they'd probably think about the server hardware in the background or the thin clients. I mean, with such a powerful stack behind you, I mean, you really, do you think you need to push your marketing a little harder here because your product is so strong that, you know, you are right there competing, if not better on some grounds than the other vendors. Yeah, so honestly, it's a question we get a lot. Um, you know, you know, what's the difference between Citrix and VMware um, and and NV Workspace? And you know, when you you get what you pay for. Um, so you know, Citrix and VMware are more expensive products. They're great partners of Dell, um, but there are some th there are some things that you get from Citrix and VMware that you don't get from V Workspace. When you go and buy Citrix from VMware, you can go to any street corner. You can find somebody that's certified on Citrix and VMware. Really easy to do. To find somebody that knows vWorkspace, you pretty much have to come to Dell or to you know a handful of Dell partners that that know vWorkspace. Um, same thing. Like if you if you have a requirement that the person who's touching your stuff has a formal certification on 
on the desktop virtualization product. Like I said, you can go to any street corner and you can find somebody who's got a, um, a VMware certification. You can find somebody who's got a, um, a Citrix certification. But you know that's something that that certification, uh, formal certification from a company like you know Pearson View, um, it doesn't exist for vWorkspace. So you know um, if those sorts of things give you, I would say, warm fuzzies. Um, or if that's something that's a requirement from you, then you know we're, Intel's happy to sell you Citrix and VMware. Um, but if you're looking for something that is, you know, a um, you know one-stop shop, all from Dell, all supported by Dell, um, that's something that we can offer. And a, you know, we're really selling to two, typically two different types of customers. You know, the the people that buy Citrix and VMware typically are wanting best-of-breed product. Uh, with a long lineage, you know, you look at like the Fortune 500 customers. You know, these are you know these are typically the kind of customers that they're they're less concerned about the the price and they want the best of everything and knowing that every possible use case known to man uh, is going to be covered. With vWorkspace, we want to hit the um, top percentage of use cases that everybody uh, that everybody uses and not concern ourselves with um, the fringe cases. And if people want the fringe cases, they, you know, we're happy to sell them Citrix and VMware. So I would say that those are the, you know, the biggest differences at, at a high level. And you know, if we should go push on marketing stuff like that, um, we, we're doing a healthy amount of marketing. I'm here with you today, and I wouldn't say this is, you know, it's not marketing. It's not something we paid for, but you know, we're here today. Uh, we're doing things with with companies like Tech Target. Uh, doing things with Microsoft and Google. So you know, um, word is getting around, um, but. Um, you know, I, I, I think you know growth is growth is happening at, at its own pace, but you know we're definitely not going to go out and say, hey, go buy Citrix and or go buy vWorkspace instead of Citrix and VMware. That's just not what Dell does. Dell is about providing customers with the choice. Um, so we, you know, for each customer that we talk to, we find out, hey, do they, um, do they already have a, um, a predisposition for Citrix and VMware, and if so. Then we're happy to sell them those. But if they're, you know, if they don't know what they want, we figure out what it is that's best for them. Provide them with a couple of options. And if one of them happens to be be workspace, that makes me a very happy guy. Um, but at the end, we just want them to be happy Dell customers. So um, I, I kind of hope that I hope that frames it up um, in a way that you can understand it, because that's a question that we get a lot: is you know, how come we're not going out and beating the V workspace drum to every single customer? Because um, you know that's that's not what our customers want. Our customers trust that Dell's going to give them the um, the best choice for them, and that that choice is always going to be the one that has the Dell logo on it. Okay, I, well, I mean, I, I completely understand that approach, and you know, Dell has always been a, has always been a good guy to all their partners. It's it's you know, there, there's no denying it all the way through. I, I think you guys are being a little um, a little detrimental when you you think that you you know you can't cover all bases because I think what you're actually doing is a lot better than most of the, the fringe cases that our vendors are doing. Um, and so if it's a matter of certification, I I would encourage the, the powers to be to consider it because I think the offering is incredibly good. I hope you do beat the drum without upsetting. Your hardware partners, obviously, or sorry, your your software partners, obviously. But um, yeah, uh, it's a it's a great product. Yeah, I, you know, we we love to hear it. You know, we've got a really um, actually several teams to build the product, but a great group of people that uh, that not only um, build the workspace, support it, customers that you know uh, do reference calls for us. You know, it's a I, I kind of like a little cult following. You know, people that people that use it tend to love it. Um, and that's that's really great to hear, you know. So customer satisfaction is huge to us. So um, that's uh, because uh, you know when when you're small, 
Um, that's the way that you become big is by having your customers that will speak on your behalf um, and, and having people like you that, you know, that publicly say that the product's great. So we appreciate that. Well, it's not just that too. And, you know, I'm independent now, but before I used to work with a, a Citrus Platinum partner and I come across some, some deals where you guys have been brought in with by Microsoft. So, you know, you know, micro, you're getting traction with Microsoft. Um, I've even seen some large strict shops, you know, after some of the uh, posts and app six, five, IMA, FMA stuff, you know, take some real hard look at, at you guys. And I know of one that's in the process of actually moving from Citrix to, to V workspace and that's a very large customer. So, you know, like I said, it, it's a great product. You know, you guys, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, I, I look forward to your upcoming beta on 8.6 as well. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, we do too. We're really looking forward to 8.6. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, we're not, we, we absolutely are not actively out looking for Citrix customers. Um, that's something that, you know, those are kind of like our rules of engagement is, you know, customer Citrix customer, we want to keep them that way. Um, unless they, you know, are like really, really vocal that they're upset and then our first path would be, hey, how can we make them happy? And it's really only when the customer says, I'm not going to use this product and I want, you know, and I'm interested in yours, can you show it to me that we'll go down that path? Um, so that, that that's really kind of kind of how we, we play that route. Um, but I would say, you know, the majority of our business is net new, people that are net new to desktop virtualization, that's really what, you know, where, where we're, what we're after rather than the converting, you know, is, you know, converting a customer from any technology to some new technology is, is that's a lot of, that's a lot of hard work and that's, you know, not something that we want our salespeople going after. Um, but every once in a while, those customers court us. So it, it, it does happen. I would say the, the customer that I'm um, the most proud of today is a customer that I was after um, when I was at Quest and that's Dell. Um, so when I was at Quest, we worked for about two years to get Dell to deploy the workspace inside of uh, inside of Dell, and it took two years after us being part of Dell that they actually deployed it into production. So um, that that was a really um, a really big effort, and it wasn't a, you know it wasn't an assumption that they would use our product. Uh, you know, one would think that hey, they're just going to use our product because it's because it's made by Dell, and you know it didn't work that way. It just happened to fit the bill very very nicely. So. Nice. So um, as we're going along here, you know, kind of winding things down, one question we like to ask everybody, you know, it's, it's kind of like a personal note, you know, outside of Dell, outside of workspace, you know, which, what you do and everything, you know, what market or technology, and this can be anything, um, you know, what, what are you keenly watching and kind of uh, what excites you about it? You know, I, I think the technology that excites me the most is, you know, consumer technology. I look at the things that, you know, kids pick up in their hands and play with that, you know, they don't, um, they don't have to ask anybody to teach them how to use technology. They just know how to use it. So I think it's really about um, transforming what we provide to businesses to make it, you know, that easy. And it's not like one specific technology, but really about um, revolutionizing the, the business that we're in to make it so that it's something that is, just so easy to use that you know the kids the kids that you know are let's say 15 years old today that when they get out into business you know a handful of years from now are just going to be able to pick our stuff up and use it uh, that's the kind of stuff that that, that really excites me um, and you know there's all the stuff going on with the cloud uh, you know I think to me the cloud is just a tool uh, I think the cloud should be something that is um, you know leveraged but maybe not uh, seen or heard um, so, you know, so if we can leverage the cloud to provide a class of service that is um, that's usable for a customer, um, I, I think that's great. You know, but I, you know, I, I, yeah, I would say you know, um, so you know, um, using the cloud 
where it makes sense, and then um, um, creating you know, much, much easier to use products than, than the whole industry has been making um, over the past 20 years. Very nice. So, um, Andy here, we're going to jump in for a quick. So, yeah, yeah apologies. Um, I, I just wanted to say, um, yeah, uh, this this was a really nice podcast, and I, I have, this is probably one I've, I've enjoyed the most, if I'm brutally honest, Patrick. So I just I just wanted to say um, thank you so much and keep doing what you guys are doing, you know. Um, I It's a shame you don't travel because I would have liked to have seen you recently, but if you ever want to put us on a plane, I'll happily go out and see you. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, um, great. You know, I hope I, I only hope our listeners enjoyed this as much as I did because this, this was fascinating. Yeah, yeah. And for, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that you know this is the first time the three of us have talked together, so um, I, I've never met Jari and or, or Andrew before, but um, so this is the first time that we talked. So it's it's good that we uh, that we hit it off and had a really nice conversation. So I enjoy it and I look forward to coming back and doing it again. Yeah, de definitely. We'll, we'll have to have you back on again. And I, um, you know, thank you for your time. I also enjoyed it as well. Um, you know, just getting the word out there on the workspace uh, again. You know, you guys have a great product. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, looking forward to 8.6. Um, and so, you know, with that, we'll, we'll close things out. You know, thank you again um, for joining us today on Frontline Chatter. Thank you to our guest, Patrick Rouse. And thank you to my co-host, Andy Morgan. And we will see you next time. Um, thank you for listening to us today. And we'll catch you next time.